0: Monday, sweet friends. This is Stephanie, the host of the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I know that we are not actually sitting down and having a conversation together, but it still feels like that to me, and I really hope that it feels like that to you also. And today, we are going to talk about what it looks like to do an independent Bible study, how to get started, if this is something that feels intimidating or foreign to you, and A few different strategies depending on the ways you like to engage or the time, maybe, that you have available. So, hopefully, you can find a rhythm that works for you and allows you to really connect with the scriptures and fill yourself up with the word. And as a mom, I had a desire to be able to talk about God and memorize scripture with my children. And I wanted the story of the Bible to be so woven into our lives and how we lived that it was like as natural as breathing. And I did not want it to seem forced or awkward. Like I talked about in the episode 004, generational faith. My biggest fear, you guys, is raising church kids. My biggest fear is that my children go through the motions of church and, you know, praying before a meal and whatever else, but not actually having a relationship with Jesus. And I also talked about in that episode, how I was pretty good now at feeding myself when it came to my faith, but I realized I wasn't always feeding my children. And I think I was scared Like I didn't want to make it cheesy (laughs) and I didn't want to like drill them with scripture and have them like resent it later on or think that it was weird or whatever else. So then I was trying to be laid back with it. And I don't know, I was just all over the place. And when I finally dug into why in the heck I was even feeling weird about it all, it was because I hadn't really dug into scripture myself. And sure, I listened to sermons. And like I said, I grew up in the church but I never did my own deep dive. So I feel like I needed to learn how to you know, own it before I could even make it a natural conversation and um, live that reality within with my children in my own home. So cue me learning how to read scripture and apply it to all aspects of my life as a wife, as a woman, and as a mom, just in general. And I am so excited, you guys, to talk about this because... I remember a couple years ago, I would hear people talk about how they were just reading, I don't know, like the book of Colossians during their quiet time. And God just spoke to them in this reading and that they have read a million times before. And in my head, I was like, uh, what? (laughs) First of all, why did you even choose to read that book? Did you just like sit and open up your book and start reading? How long did you even read it for? How do you understand all of the context and the culture? Like, I feel like I would read the Bible and then I would hear a preacher preach on that same book or chapter that I had just read and they would get so much out of it. And I was always left wondering, like, how can I read something and feel like, All I'm doing is reading words or stories that I've heard before, and that's kind of where it starts and stops. But then my preacher will go over the exact same scripture or story in a sermon, and they somehow pull out all sorts of themes and context that I hadn't even considered. And then it's just so much more impactful. Like, was I doing something wrong? Was I missing the mark? Am I stupid? Like cue self-doubt here. I was determined though to just figure out how to get as much out of the Bible as my pastor was, or the woman in my life that loved reading the Bible and seemed to gain so much insight in a deeper relationship with God out of their quiet time. Like I wanted that. And here is what my quiet time used to look like. I would sit down with my Bible feeling awkward, like, okay, this is something I'm supposed to do. (laughs) Like I said, I grew up in church. Do I just open it up and, you know, wherever I open it to, I just read that? Is that what I'm supposed to do? You know, I've tried this before, even like starting by saying a prayer, like, God, please guide me to the scripture. You want me to hear today. And I will open up my Bible only to find some like confusing lineage or passage that seems either completely not applicable or out of context. And I finish up and I walk away like, well, that didn't work. (laughs) That's not, (laughs) don't feel filled up still. Then I would keep going like, okay, so then do I start in Genesis and just read the Bible from front to back? Do I Just read the Gospels, the New Testament? Do I choose a book to read? I don't freaking know. And if I'm being honest, it stressed me out so much. Most days I would just pick up a book and start reading. And oftentimes I would find myself feeling so disconnected. I would read for like five minutes, not really understanding the context or where the story was happening relative to like the larger narrative of the Bible. And I would be like, well, that was fun. I'm going to go make me some breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) and through practice and connecting with other godly women who have found strategies that work for them, and by engaging in group studies, I feel like I've learned how to connect with God's word through quiet time in so many different ways, and something that used to be so awkward for me and uncomfortable has evolved into something I love, and I get so much fulfillment from. I mean, at this point, I could spend like three hours a day doing it if I had the time, but I don't because I have a million children. So I am not sure you guys where you are at in your journey with reading scripture, and maybe you don't do it at all, but are hoping to start. Maybe you are where I was and have a strong desire to connect and deepen your faith and your knowledge of the scripture just so you can speak real truth into your family or your children and your relationships, but you don't really know where to start. And maybe you are even struggling with some self-doubt or negative self-talk because you grew up in the church and you have a strong faith. You really, really do, but you kind of feel embarrassed or frustrated that you haven't figured out how to take advantage of one of the most fundamental tools God has given us to deepen our understanding of him, which is his word. So let's chat about this. And I'm very excited. I want to give you a couple different ways that I have found to just be really helpful in doing a study so that hopefully one of these connects with you and gives you a launching point on your faith journey. So I'm going to structure these from the most involved, which actually is easiest when you are just starting out to the most simple. All right. So let's go ahead and dive in. The Bible study layout that helped me initially was a traditional women's Bible study with my church community. The church will just pick a study typically and then order some study books. And then the Bible study lasts anywhere from, I don't know, like six to 10 weeks on average. And you come every, I don't know, let's just say Wednesdays because that's when ours is Wednesday morning for two hours. And typically you come in, you watch a video of the author of the study, kind of do a small sermon on the topic for the day. And these, you guys have, or they are not boring. (laughs) They are very well done in my opinion. And they're spoken from just very passionate teachers on whatever subject they are talking about. And then you break out into small groups with other women and discuss some of the text and questions in the workbook or the video or whatever else. And then once you leave, you usually have a daily homework or something to complete. And then you come back the next week and you do the same thing. You watch a video, you go to small group, discuss the study that you did throughout the week, and whatever else. And this was great for me, you guys, because it gave me accountability. It gave me something specific to focus on every single day of the week. And then it was supplemented by the video from the author, And then rooted even deeper within the small group I was in where like relationships were built and great discussion would happen surrounding that topic or that study. And this is where I really learned how to be in the word daily and I developed the discipline to do it. But then life happened and I actually ended up going back to work and I couldn't attend the times that were offered for my church's uh, women's Bible study anymore, which was very sad, but I was able to learn how to kind of recreate that setting and that atmosphere the best that I could for myself at home. My favorite, absolute favorite resource I use to supplement my quiet time is a website and an organization called Right Now Media, which is basically a vault of online Bible studies and videos. Um, And that just sounded like an ad, and it's totally not. (laughs) I've been using this for years, um, so I am not getting paid to tell you guys these. I just want you guys to know what I use. The only caveat to this, though, is that I think you have to be connected to a church that has this um, program or software in order to access it. But if they have it, it's completely free for the congregation to use. So if you are connected with a church, I would reach out to someone on staff to find out if it's something they have. And if not, I would highly encourage them to invest in it for their congregation because it is such a great tool for people to use in all phases of their life. But if you don't have access to it, YouTube actually hosts a lot of the studies on there. So you can still search a topic or a book you're interested in. And there are likely multiple resources available there as well. So when I am doing a study with this resource in particular, this is what my routine looks like. I get up, I grab my coffee and my breakfast, I grab my Bible and a notebook, nothing fancy, and then I grab my computer. Right now, media also has an app you can download on your phone, but I prefer my bigger computer screen since it is video-based, and also my phone gets like too distracting, so I just kind of leave that as, as it is. And then I also grab like a favorite blanket that I have and I just settle in. And I should say that this is typically done when my children are sleeping so that I can actually get something from it. And I just create this atmosphere for myself that is just very calm and very cozy. And I just look forward just to even that atmosphere that I've made for myself on most mornings. And then once I'm settled in. I open the Right Now Media, and if I'm not in a study at the moment, say I'm like just beginning, I will search for either a topic or a book of the Bible that I want to dive into, and you can choose what you want to do. But when I started out, I really like the topic-based studies. And you guys, there are thousands thousands to choose from, and there are always you know, ways to search for categories, they show the most popular studies, the studies on marriage or for women or for men, for kids. There's actually, this is a great resource for kids. Also, it has a lot of videos for kids just in general, you can look for parenting things or apologetics. I mean, there are just a ton of options. So I would just pick something that I felt interested in learning or growing in at that moment. And there are generally, once you pick one, there are generally multiple videos that go along with each study. And they range from, I don't know, like seven minutes to over an hour, depending on the study that you choose. There are also workbooks or study guides that you can print out. um, And these are sometimes free, but most of the time they kind of cost like a low dollar amount around, I don't know, like $2 or something. I don't typically do the study guides. I just kind of listen and watch the videos. Although I am totally a worksheet and like study guide girl. So maybe I should try some of them. Anyways, if I pick a topic-based study, I will open up my notebook and I just take notes from the video and I will write down quotes that I liked or ideas that really captured my interest or heart. Sometimes I will just leave it at that. Or sometimes I will journal more about it. If they refer to stories or verses in the Bible, then I will pause the video and write that verse in my journal. And I will open up my Bible to read the verse or the story that it's kind of, that that verse has fallen within. And then typically I will try to recap kind of what was said in my own words so that I know that I really understood what was happening. And then I go back to watching the video. And throughout this whole time, I try to be hyper aware of what I'm doing and what my purpose is. You all, I have no desire (laughs) to spend my early, early mornings kid-free, checking a Bible study off of my list. Instead, I really just sit as though I am in God's presence, like he is snuggled up next to me, and I just pray that he will show me his desires and truths through these different preachers or scholars or ordinary people, just speaking God's truth from their own experiences and research. And I am also really, really thankful during this time. Every day, something someone says hits a nerve or excites me, or maybe they gave me an idea or just encouraged me. You know, like when you are listening to a preacher or even a song and you feel like they are speaking directly to you. I feel like that almost every single day during my study time. And I know it's God orchestrating exactly what I need to hear in that moment, regardless of what study I choose. So someone may give me the encouragement I needed that morning through one of the videos. And I am just thankful that God orchestrated that. And someone may give advice on something that I have been wrestling with. And I just am thankful to God for leading me to that tip. And if you are not close to God right now, you may be thinking, okay, well, you literally wanted some parenting advice. So you started a parenting series. Obviously, you're going to get some parenting tips (laughs) that are useful. That's not God. Well, fair enough. Okay. But it's not just about a good tip. It's the way that it has a specific correlation to what's happening in my home or my heart. For example, I shared before on the podcast, and if you follow me on Instagram and go to my foster care highlight, you can see the story of when we had three little foster kiddos in my house. And I won't go into all the details, but between them and my bio kids, I had seven children, (laughs) six of which were under five years old. And it was a lot. It was so much to handle. I came to church one Sunday, honestly, just for the childcare and the baby never slept. He cried all day long. He was colicky and he was withdrawing. I am pretty sure. Either way, the poor kid cried like 20 hours a day. That would have been hard by itself, but I had six other kids to care for. So my tank was almost always on or near empty. Well, Sunday came and since I was up with a crying baby anyways, and actually my husband was super sick this day, I got all seven dressed and we just took our butts right on to church. And I checked them all into childcare. I grabbed my coffee. I settled into my chair, probably honestly ready to just like take a nap My heart was exhausted. My body was exhausted. I was contemplating disrupting the placement, which means basically like you give the kids up. I mean, I was so (laughs) discouraged by this for obvious reasons in my mind. You guys no inconvenience I deal with as an adult when it comes to foster care can compare to the trauma of what these babies are going through when they are put into the system. I mean, Kids are only put into the system because their entire, and I mean, entire family unit has completely fallen apart and imploded. So <laughs> I feel like to disrupt that placement was like, I mean, that showed that I was on my, my last you know drop of energy. Anyways, I honestly could not even tell you what the sermon was about. My mind was just struggling to focus. But then I remember just tuning back in to a part of the sermon where the preacher was talking about the parable of the wedding banquet in Matthew, where the guests who were invited to this banquet did not come. (laughs) So the man told his servant to go out pretty much anywhere to the streets, to the wherever, anywhere and everywhere and invite people into his home so that his house would be full. In those words literally brought instant tears during that service. Those words that day, after taking all seven kids to church alone so my sick husband could sleep, was all this mama heart needed to hear. Our house is and was full. And in that moment, the guilt of feeling stressed out or feeling like there isn't enough of me to go around sometimes, like it just faded. And it reminded me that just opening our homes and our hearts for these kids is enough and everything else is a bonus. And those words played over and over in my head into the next morning. And somehow in the chaos, I was able to find joy again and energy in this ministry instead of just like instant stress because our house was full. Now, even me just saying that right now, some of you guys are like, what? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not feeling the same thing you're feeling right now, but that's the point. The point is, is that for me in that moment, you guys, that sermon was not even about filling your home. I mean, I think it might've kind of been actually, but like what I needed to hear in my season of foster care that I was in was just re, you know, learning the fact that like what we were doing was enough. I didn't have to be freaking super mom. My kids didn't have to match they didn't even need to be out of their pajamas every single day. (laughs) Okay. Like just the fact that we have filled our home and are loving on these kids was enough, but like that wasn't the preacher. I mean, he was wonderful, but like that wasn't him. That was God speaking solely to my tired heart. And that's what I mean when like, it doesn't matter what video you choose, something every single day comes out of it that I needed to hear. Now, The sermon's actual point, like I had just said, had nothing to do with what I took from it, but God knew what I needed to hear. And I'm sure there was another part of the sermon that someone else needed to hear that spoke directly to them, and I didn't even think twice about it. And that is the power of the Holy Spirit when you are reading the Bible or listening to people preach on a subject. So, another thing. I like to do is studies on a book, a single book of the Bible, and to dive deep into that specific story. Two of my favorite videos that went along with a book of the Bible was reading through the Book of Ruth with Bianca Olthoff, and the Book of Exodus with Ashley McNary. I will put um, the links to those two studies, I will try to find them on YouTube for those of you who don't have access to right now media. And put those in there, and I'll also try to find the right now media links and put those in there. Either way, I'll tell you the name of the study and who did it so you can go look it up if you want. I liked this because they each read the books of the Bible verse for verse, and I read right along with them. Then, when they wanted to make a point or ask a question or make a cultural reference, they would pause and dig deeper into a thought or a point. And I liked this because it wasn't a sermon wasn't sermon-based with some scripture added in. It was scripture-based with some deeper explanation. When I chose to dive into a specific book of the Bible, here's what I would do. Number one, pick the book, obviously. And I would typically search through right now media to see like which books you know looked interesting to me or I don't even know. Maybe I just hadn't had an interest in one of them. But first, before I would even go into that study, I would actually watch the Bible project. They are an organization and they're amazing. Um, They do all kinds of like short animation and overview videos on the um, different books in the Bible. So first, before I ever read anything, I would watch that short animation film. And typically they're like under five minutes long. But the good thing about those is it kind of gives you a 10,000 foot view of, of each of those books and kind of where it lays in the story of God. So at least you have some kind of idea of where you're at culturally, you have an idea of where you're at just in time and kind of what the setting was. Then I would get my Bible out and like I said, they read through it verse by verse and typically it tells you what they're going to be, you know, going over in that video like in the description. So I would look at that, the description of the video and it might say like, "Hey, we're going to go through the first two chapters in Exodus. Okay. So then I would get my Bibles out, my Bible out, and I would read by myself, just the first two chapters in Exodus as a story, just me and Stephanie and God, <laughs> like I wasn't digging deep. I, I just read it straight through and just to get an idea of what's going on. So I've listened to the Bible project and their overview. So I kind of know where we're at in history here. Then I read it on my own. Then I would press play. And then I would go through it with the author of those videos and I would learn a little more from them. And this is actually one of my favorite ways to do a study. And the cool thing about these is that these people have poured over cultural context of these scriptures. They unpack differences in the language and the translation, which helps you understand why things would have been maybe like phrased a certain way or how people in that time period would have understood these topics, which is huge for overall, you know, understanding of the scripture. And oftentimes Christianity is criticized by non-believers who take verses out of context. And this can be out of context from the rest of the text as a whole, but more often it is out of context from the cultural perspective Verses that seem contradictory based on our limited cultural perspective of what was going on back then take on a whole other meaning when you hear them broken down based on the culture and the time in which they were actually written. If you are new to Christianity, or even if you have been turned off by the church based on your experience or an experience you had, or maybe even something that you saw or read that just did not jive with you, this can be such a powerful tool to just recalibrate and start to really see the redemptive story in a Culturally accurate way. And that stumbling block may have been a simple misinterpretation of scripture. So, a third way to do the study is by just reading scripture. (laughs) There are a couple ways to do this. And the first way is obviously just get your Bible out and just read through the scripture. It really doesn't matter what Bible you have, but I personally bought a cultural background study Bible for, for when I just want to read scripture on my own without inviting someone else's thoughts in when I just want it to be me and God. And I will link to the Bible that I bought in the show notes, just in case you want to check it out. And I got this Bible because I don't have a degree, you guys, I don't have a degree in biblical studies or any kind of theology degree. So I cannot just read about a time in 50 BC and know what the culture was like. That is not, that information is just not stored in my brain. So this study Bible has all of those footnotes to kind of help me wrap my mind around what the culture was like during that time. Another way um, is to buy a resource on a book of the Bible from She Reads Truth. These are cute little journals. They're like cute little journal type books that have all of the scripture written out in them. They are not your typical Bible studies where the author is narrating on the pages a lot and they ask you to kind of like hey, look up, you know, this verse and read this and what does this mean to you? And, you know, read these five passages and write, you know, your thoughts or whatever it is. They have the She Reads Truth journals or books. They have scripture from like chapter one, verse one, all the way through the end of the book. It is very scripture heavy. There are other little things in these books too that I really like. Typically on each page, they will tell you like where the story is even taking place, and it'll have a little picture of a map and the date that, you know, the story is happening written up in the corner. And the book is very colorful. It has pictures and areas to take notes. And it also has some other fun elements just woven throughout. For example, if you are reading a chapter that talks about like sitting down and having a meal with people, then on the next page, Sometimes there's like a recipe that you could try, you know, they put fun recipes or crafts or scripture cards throughout the whole book. So it feels more like a workbook or a Pinterest journal, I guess, than just plain text out of scripture or your Bible. Another way to read scripture is to just go to the Bible app and put on some headphones and they actually have a reader. This is kind of cool because it's like someone reading a story and they go into character. So it's not all monotone. So you can literally like pick a book, put some headphones in, press play, and somebody will read the story to you. This is a great option if you are reading the Bible just to hear the overarching story and don't necessarily want to have a huge deep dive into a study. Another way that you can read the Bible is just to focus on Jesus' teachings Yes, the full story of God is great and relevant, but the teachings of Jesus are just packed full of how to live in who he was. And if the goal is to become more like Jesus, what better way to learn how to do that than just start to study all the words that are written in red? And I also just, you know, just to reiterate, like I mentioned earlier, you guys, it is so important when you are reading, and you get to a point where you read something that's hard to read. You really that you really try to understand the context or the culture. For example, in Exodus, and I'm just using this because I literally just went through this whole uh, study of Exodus. There is a story about a woman who is raped, or you know, a guy sleeps with her outside of marriage, and the law in the scripture is that he now has to take her as his bride now at first look you're like what (laughs) she has to marry her uh, rapist that's disgusting and you take this at face value based on our cultural worldview today and then it's absolutely mortifying like what is going on but you guys if you look into that culture an unwed woman an unwed woman had zero value as women's value was found in their ability to produce children. So women who slept with multiple men were ostracized and they were cast out, often becoming prostitutes. So this law was actually put into place to protect these women by setting a higher standard for men in this culture. Those outside of God's church used these women for pleasure and then discarded them to the streets. They would rape them or take advantage of them. And once this had happened, there was no redemption for these ladies. There was no redemption for them at all. So this law was basically saying if you are going to sleep with a woman casually for lust and, I don't know, deflower her, dude, then it is your responsibility to step up and marry her. So that she would be protected and taken care of, so that she would not fall into the fringe and a life of lifelong, you know, prostitution and desolation, as was the custom across the world in that time period. I mean, that's all messed up, (laughs) but still this stance at the time was a shocking, like civil rights stand in a culture at the time where women had very little value outside of carrying like a bloodline. The point being, if something doesn't sit well with you, look into it. And also, just because it is in the Bible, like this exact story, does not mean that God condoned it. The Bible is a book of stories about broken people, a severed relationship based on our own selfish choices, and a relentless God who will stop at nothing and will sacrifice everything to restore it. I mean... I had to go through a lot of studies on David because I'm like, hold on a second. He's a murderous adulterer who portrayed his best friend. And he is the one who is known as a man after God's own heart. Like what in the actual is going on? <laughs> I actually did a study or read a book. I think it's called, uh, a heart like his or something like that. And it's all kind of dissecting into the life of David, but Either way, the overarching theme in the Bible, you guys, is redemption. It's taking this world that is so full of selfishness, of lust and greed and just love of power. It's taking these people who are self centered and jacked up and showing them that if they choose to repent, which just means like do something different, right? Turn the other way and follow Jesus then God can still use them for good. It is the ultimate war between good and evil, and ultimately, love wins. And I think it's funny when people say the Bible is boring— I'm like, what book are you reading? (laughs) There are all kinds of crazy things happening. If you take the time to just look a little closer, there are stories of just big and inspiring faith. There are battles. There is redemption, restoration. There is forgiveness and a father's love that we cannot even begin to wrap our minds around. So as we go into this week, I hope this helped you wrap your mind in a tangible way around different ways to study your Bible. For some of you, all of this may have seemed so obvious, but to those of you that are where I used to be, I hope these examples were helpful. And remember that consistency also builds confidence. So don't give up after one time if it doesn't feel like you've experienced some divine intervention. And honestly, some days I still feel like I am just going through the motions for whatever reason. Maybe I didn't sleep well the night before and I'm just tired. Maybe I have such a long to-do list and I feel like I need to be working on that instead of reading my Bible. And so I rushed through it just to kind of check it off my list. But here's what an older mom told me once when I was feeling super guilty about not getting hours and hours and hours of quiet time in the morning when I had like four kids who were under five years old. She just said, Stephanie. Stephanie. God knows what season you are in he is not expecting two hours of uninterrupted quiet time with him he just wants time with you because he knows he knows that he can give you actual rest and peace through his word and he can remind you that you are already enough Did you know that there is an exclusive community on Facebook that is just to continue the conversations we started on this podcast? Search for the Legacy Through Motherhood community with Stephanie Sims to join. Also, if you haven't already, follow me on Instagram at legacy underscore through underscore motherhood. If you are enjoying the content, I would love your feedback. You can leave me a rating and a review, which helps increase the reach of the podcast. And I would love to see you engage in our community on social media. The question you are wrestling with or the win you had on one of these topics could be exactly what someone in the community needs to hear. And I encourage you to use your voice to help drive this movement of just mothers who are bettering themselves so they can be better for their children. And for all of you mamas out there like me who are not really auditory learners and may have struggled just trying to follow along with some of the strategies that I just talked about in this episode. I am actually going to do a Facebook Live during this upcoming week where I am going to walk through and show you guys some of the resources that I've talked about in this episode. I'm going to show you things like Right Now Media and kind of what that looks like. I'll show you some of my She Reads Truth books and my cultural backgrounds Bible that I use just to give you a visual representation to help you connect some of the dots. So if you have not joined the Legacy Through Motherhood Facebook group, head on over and make sure you do that. Join me in the next episode as I release my first ever bonus episode, but actually, I don't even know if I can call it a bonus episode because it is just going to roll out next week, next Monday. So it's not really like a bonus that's in addition to any episodes. However, as you all know, my husband and I are foster parents and a lot of people have been asking about all the ins and outs of foster care. So I mentioned doing an episode and people were really in support of that. So I'm going to do one. So next week will be all things foster care, sharing some stories about our personal journey, steps you can take to plug into that community, and even ways you can love and serve without actually opening your home to new little ones. We will hop right back into rotation on the 10th of February with a health and wellness episode. I am so excited and feel so very privileged, you guys, to just walk with you and help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.